Hello. We are rolling. Here we go. Here we go. All right, you guys ready? Let's go. I'm stoked. What's going on, everybody? It's Kenny Buller here, your co-host, with my boys Cassius and Karam. And today, we're about to talk about something that a lot of us wonder, a lot of us are curious about, but we never feel comfortable enough to ask, and we never feel comfortable enough to tell people, and that is money. Money walks, bullshit talks. <laughs> Hold on. You know, I had that in my head for so long. You and got it out. backwards, right? Yeah. It's money talks, bullshit walks. And we're going to see if you actually believe that or not. So on this episode of Second Floor Podcast, I want to just sit down with the boys and talk about, you know, good investments, bad ones. You know, how you guys view money. What's your relationship with it? Does money really make you happy? Does it buy you the things that make you happy and everything in between? And what you're going to get value out of this episode today is how you should actually consciously think about your spending habits, how much it reflects where your future is headed alongside good investments you could be making right now. And overall, what your relationship should be like with money. Because Second Floor Podcast is not just about elevating your life in business, in your personal health, but it's also about elevating your finances. And that's why you should be listening right now, wherever you are, stop whatever the hell it is you're doing. You need all of your attention on this, and we're about to dive in. Let's fucking go, baby. So, boys, question number one. Here's what I'm curious about. Do you guys actually think with the amount of money in your bank account right now, how much do you care about that? Like, is that something you look at every day? And if it's lower than where it's expected to be at, does th- does that bother you? You won't. Huh? Oh, it's go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah go ahead. The, the cash flow caches speak his <laughs> speak his talk. We're but, putting the cash in caches today. Um, I don't look at it every day, but I think it does does matter to to look at so you can track because if you can't track it it's pretty hard to see or it's very easy to actually not look at it if you're not happy with where you are but i think if you have your goals aligned it's easier to check in on it and just see how you're doing from time to time so i don't look at it every day um but definitely every week maybe or every few weeks and then just seeing more so looking at what i'm spending versus how much money's in my account just so i can track that yeah that's true man i mean nothing's worse than getting that notice from your bank and it tells you you are spending more than your budget that's what usually happens on certain vacations it's like all right yo, i'm willing i'm willing to have it say this to me right now does it actually make you upset do you emotionally get triggered if there is insufficient funds if there ever has been if there's ever been a low amount where it shouldn't be at does that give you a certain amount of anxiety if you've ever experienced that in the past i think it's been luckily it's been some time since that but i've had plenty of times where um as a as an entrepreneur or as somebody who likes business risks are a big part of it so i think i put myself in situations where i've taken big risks and also thrown myself in the fire knowing i have absolutely nothing to my name right now but I'm taking a chance on me and making to willing to make it work even if I had nothing in my account. Like for example, there's there's times where I've gone places for work, and at the same time, um, somebody close to me has needed money, and I needed the same money, but I've transferred it and lived on 
a dollar of McDonald's a day while being wherever I was. So it's like, I think moments like that, you reflect and think back that if I had more money, this wouldn't be a problem at all. And I think those are the moments that I recall nowadays where when I look at the account, it's not like I'm looking at how much do I have? I need more and more. I'm thinking about how can I um, make sure I'm good, but if somebody close to me needed something, I could also provide for them as well. Yeah, I think the cost, like the cost of living on a year to year, is just going up and up, right? Everything's going up, you know. So I think it's important to have a really good hold of your spending habits. Not only that, I know a lot of people. The first thing they say, okay, save up, save up, but I think, especially in this day and age, understanding how to make money more so than saving is, I would say, is like the biggest um, skill set to have. I would say saving is bullshit, to be honest. Would you agree? I disagree. Uh, I am on the fence about that. I wouldn't say it's complete bullshit. I, I think you need to have a certain amount of money that... And I'm going to really emphasize certain amount of money that you know, if it were to go away from your bank account every month, it wouldn't hurt. You'd still be able to relatively live the life you want to live right now. So whatever that amount is, I'll tell you right now, for me right now, it's about $500 a month where it automatically gets taken out of my account and goes to my long-term savings account. Because I think someone needs a long-term savings account, and I think you need a short-term rainy day fund savings account. So long-term is going to allow you to think about whatever your long-term is. A lot of people say when you retire, when you're older. I don't really look at it like that anymore. I look at it like, okay, I need something that is going to accumulate over with interest in the 50 to 100s of thousands of dollars where when I, let's say, invest in something or when I need it for my family in the future or when it's something that I need to live off for a period of time, that's what I'm pulling it out of. Or if I'm never in that situation, yeah, when I am in my 40s and 50s and 60s and I want to be able to have a, a, a huge cushion that I only really took $500 a month out of a month to live off of, why not? Yeah, you know, I like saying the most extreme shit so then Kenny can state his real opinion because I feel like there's often a lot of times Kenny will play the fence. You say saving is bullshit, you get Kenny's real response. <laughs> See, that's a but knows me. <laughs> um, I still like to an extent, like I agree with you. Like it's not, I'm not saying saving is complete bullshit. I save my money, but it's usually put towards something because I think I, once I read a uh, one of uh, a book that I honestly liked a lot, cash flow quadrants, I think it was called. I can't even remember completely, but what I took from it was either you're an employee, self-employed, a business, or investor. Those are the four quadrants where you can make your money. And I think just saving money blindly, you end up paying a lot more in taxes. You end up losing a lot of that money moving forward too, uh, or can. Whereas if you're investing or putting it towards a business, it becomes completely different. So I think I, I, again I, I go back to the idea of how, how do you make how do you make money, right? How how do you understand how to actually make money? And if that's from a particular skill set, um, how do you do that over and over again? How do you scale that? You know, a lot of individuals who work you know corporate jobs now they don't that doesn't even pay for their their livelihood and their their expenses. 
So do you know how to start a side hustle? Do you have a side hustle? You know, I know a lot of guys who work corporate nine to fives, but then they DJ on the weekends at weddings, right? And they make, you know, they make their extra bread and butter from that. Um, so I feel like if you have a certain lifestyle, you need to look at that, put it in a pool and say, okay, here are my expenses on a month to month basis. Is it, is it 500 bucks? Is it a thousand? Is it three grand? Is it four? I'm spending $4,000 a month because this is my lifestyle. And if that's the lifestyle you want to maintain, then how do you double that? How do you make eight grand a month? How do you make 10 grand a month? And if you haven't figured that out yet, I think more so than being frugal, like the Starbucks latte that you're saving is, oh, I'm not going to go to Starbucks because I need to save my money. The $6 latte over the long run is not going to, is not going to really make it, make or break the bank. But how are you going to make, how are you going to, I would say focus on how are you going to make your money? How do you scale from, I'm a personal trainer, I'm training one client or two clients or three clients for this corporate gym. Oh, now I have a few side clients, I have it at my house and they're okay, how do I scale that to into a commercial gym? How do I bring other trainers in so that they can make the business money and then so on and so forth. And that's how uh, getting out of those four quadrants, you become from employee to self-employed to business owner and then after business owner is the investor. Now you have this pool of cash that now you can you're 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 not worried about your day-to-day expenses, you are now worried about I have this nest egg, how do I invest it now? And if you don't have that, now you you're missing opportunities. Like when I invested in my house in 2019, I had just enough to put down the down payment on that house. Just enough, barely enough. I didn't even have money for rentals. I was just like I just need that money to be able to buy this house and I did it. And then it was like, okay, I need to figure this out. But had I not got in at 2019, COVID happened, this and that, four years later, now I'm selling that house. It's paid off. It's it's going to pay off, you know, dividends. And that's only the and that that's because of timing, right? Because I had enough, just enough to be able to invest in that in that time frame, because of the market, because of the because of the world's you know economics or whatever the case may be, I was able to capture on that opportunity. But if you're constantly in this, in this, oh, I don't know how to pay. Like, oh, I got to pay them off my credit card debt. I got to pay off my credit card. Oh, I got student loans. Oh, I got this debt. I got that debt. Oh, I got car payments. You are you are not in the You're not even think like forget investing. You're just running in this rat race on a month to month, on a week to week, and you'll never get out of that. That's why the idea of the rich become richer is 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 the is that concept is because they have. That pool of cash, they're ready to go. They, their their mind is clear. They're not worried about like day to day expenses. It's like, okay, how do I capture on this opportunity? How do I take the bold risks to be able to invest in? And then, especially in in terms of timing the market, that's when they buy the most. Is when people when the markets are low, people are incapable because they don't have that the sufficient amount of funds left on the side, and they're basically a slave to their lifestyle, like the cars, the car payments, whatever payments you have, kind of going on. It's hard to invest in anything when you already know you owe X amount of money to so many different things. Yeah, when you have uh, this premise of making more and focusing on that as opposed to saving more, by making more, you'll make that happen anyway, right? There's something that a lot of realtors are getting questioned on. And a lot of people find it, um, they find it contradictive to the work they do. So I've been doing a little bit of research on this and there's real estate agents that are in the field of, yes, buy a home, great investment. 
And then when they get asked what their living situation looks like, some of them, not all of them, get um, in this position of telling people the truth that they rent instead of buy. But then now they'll actually break it down. And I heard this from a few online. And it, it, it seemed like it was getting a lot of attention. Is they all pretty much said the same thing. They were like, okay, listen. If I personally am going to take a sum of, let's just say, anywhere between one hundred dollars to $200,000, that's the down payment of, let's just say, my dream home. I take that amount of money and I actually invest it in an apartment complex. So I'll put that in to where I can now have potentially 10 to 20 renters. So now when you do the math, you're going to see that over time, I'm actually going to accumulate an investment on this as opposed to now having a million dollar mortgage that I'm now paying. And then when you add utilities, when you add all this other extra stuff that I have to pay in that home, this home really isn't an investment at the end of the day. So not to bash anyone that wants their dream home, because I know that's something that I want and I aspire to have in my future, but it's also something to think about where if you are trying to think of investments and you're in a position where you have that much money, that's a good opportunity of looking at it, right? Now, on the opposite, I do want to talk about bad investments. And I want to get people to understand that even I personally have been in situations where I made purchases at a time where I just shouldn't have made them. And there's one, I'm going to call it a scam. I'm going to call it a full-on, like, this is such a clever marketing scheme that if people are aware of this and they're listening to this and they're thinking about doing it, don't do it if you were in a situation I was in. So, furniture companies. With buy now, pay later. That shit will kill you, bro. Because you think at a time where you don't have the money to afford that stuff, that, oh, the next year I'll have it. Like you kind of like, you're hoping. You're not for sure. If you for sure know, it's a different story. And I'll never forget. I go to the brick and I buy a ton of furniture, right? I get like the TV, I get the couch, I get everything set up. And then they're like, all right, just sign here. Zero dollars and zero cents. You're just going to have to pay the tax and then come next year and you'll have to pay this full amount. So I'm like, all right, I didn't even think twice. I was like, perfect. Yeah, next year will be all good. So next year happens. I'm actually at that point in life, I called it a little bit of like my quarter life crisis, right? I ended up leaving my management job. I was trying to figure out life. I sold cars at the time. And I remember the brick called me and they're like, hey, Kenny, it's next year. We'd like to see you the next week so you could pay off your debts. <laughs> I'm sweating. I'm like, I'm even at that time in more of a worse situation than I was in last year. And I've never felt more like a piece of shit in my life. I've never felt, honestly, going back to that feeling of when you owe something so large and you don't have it and you're at a point in life where you want to figure it out, I was sweating. I was, I was like, Damn, like, I can't believe I put myself in this situation. You start regretting the decisions you made about why you had to get all this lavish furniture. So I actually called Omid and God bless him. He helped me out. He's like a friend that in a time of need of mine, he actually came through and he helped me in that situation. And this was pretty fresh in your guys' friendship too, wasn't it? It was, it was the first year, I think, right? First I wouldn't second. say so. I'd second say year? it was like, he was a friend that I could call. He was like still someone that was so close to me. So regardless of it being fresh, it was just one of those moments where the lesson here is, 
And I'll never forget when he told me this. And it's not like he told me right away. There was in and around that time he knew that this was something I was doing. And Omid said this. He's like, listen, if you're about to make a purchase, look at the money you have. And if you don't have that amount of money in your bank account, don't get it. And like now as I get older, there's there's a lot to say about that. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes you need to make a decision where you're going to buy something and you got to ask yourself, okay, if I can afford all this, is this item going to make me more money in the future? Right? And if it does, justify it, make make your decision. But man, at that time, that first show was going to make me more money in the future. That was a large sum of money that I owed 365 days from that moment. And then I had to reach out to a homie to help me out with that. And I'm very blessed to actually have a friend like that that's willing to do it. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to pay him back. And man, I think it's just important for people to know that there's some really good marketing tactics out there for people to get like put in the same situation. And unfortunately, it gets the people that in the next year, most likely are going to be like, ah, like, do we do this? Do we not? And I feel like a lot of ego gets in the way. A lot of, oh, we could get whatever we want now. Make it look a certain way. And that was my lesson at the time. It was like, I shouldn't have bothered. Right? I should have done monthly payments instead. (laughs) (laughs) Great stories are timeless. To be a great storyteller, one must bridge the gap between an alluring narrative and the audience to pull with the heartstrings, and to shape the imagination. At Q Films Media, we're more than just a media production agency. We are a powerhouse of creative individuals, content creators, who specialize in telling great stories. Stories that are intimate and kept closest to the heart. Stories that are powerful and inspiring that spark boldness and action. We are Q Films Media. We're here to tell your story. We are always unseen. But I I mean, every, every business, whether it's a furniture business, the car business, they all have loans. They all have the, the the loan business is the best business, right? The loan business you're 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 making money off the money that you're giving out, right? And so that's why they do it. You know, they know that okay, this individual does not have the cash, but he needs the couch, he needs the TV. So okay, no problem. We'll give it to him for interest. He just pays the taxes today, no problem. And they know, and that's that's the reason that I. I personally try and like, I personally try to, if you are going to do the monthly, if you are going to finance that, you know, that you're bringing in cash, that, you know, you're making cash flow, or if you know that you can get clients or, you know, that you can make more money. It's, it's when you're working a job that is only paying you a certain salary and that's it. And you've been working that job for a few years and it's just like the same flat rate you haven't grown over the past 12 months or 48 months. You haven't made more cash. You don't have a side hustle. You don't have a skill set that will allow you to make more money. One of the really, really dope examples of this, and I recommend this to anybody who wants to learn how to make money from nothing, is watch Undercover Billionaires. 
Undercover Billionaires is a show where a bunch of billionaires go undercover. They throw them into a random town. They give them they give them a hundred bucks, and they say, "Okay, in ninety days, you have to build your net worth to a million dollars." In ninety days, you have three months to make a million dollars net worth. So not like cash, but like net worth in general. And so when you watch this show, you see how these billionaires move. They have nothing. They have no resources. They have no network. They have no money. They've got a hundred bucks for the, for that's their starting point. And you see how they move. No they, place to live either. They have no place to live. Nothing. They just throw them into a random town and say, okay, go figure it out. And the way they move is unreal. Like, People think like, oh, like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do this. These guys go out and they provide value to other business owners in the city. They go to shops. They go to services that they want. They say, hey, I'll sweep the floor. I'll sweep the floor of this dealership. I just need a, a place to stay at night. Can I Can I sleep in this RV? Can I Can I do this for, can I get a job? Can I, you know, and they they provide value. Whatever value, they, they, they pick up a broom, they'll mop the floor. That's how they start. They start to analyze the the town and see, you know, what 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 are some successful businesses in this area, and where where can I provide the most value? If you're a salesman, you go into cars or you go into a, a place where you can sell stuff. You're providing value up front, and you just see how these guys move, and they move from a hundred bucks to five hundred to five thousand. They buy a car, they flip it. Oh, they made another five thousand. All of a sudden, within ten days they've jumped up to five or six grand and it's only because of the way they move and the urgency of how to make money and provide value. You know what's really upsetting about a show like that is a 19 year old kid's going to watch that and he's going to stop applying to jobs and he's going to go, if Grant Cardone can do it, I can do it too. (laughs) And there's something I'm going to say to a lot of you listening to this, whether you're 19 or in your mid twenties or in your thirties, however old you are, If you haven't learned what it's like to work and buckle down and do something for 40 hours a week, I'm not even saying you have to work for somebody. I'm saying work, like physically, actually clock in in a day and say, I just put eight hours of uninterrupted, dedicated time into doing something that's contributing some level of impact to the world. If you can't do that for at least three years and you want to make a million dollars and you want to be as successful as your parents and you want to, you know, get that six figure income, if you haven't learned how to work for 40 hours a day, a week, then get the fuck out of here. And I have so much like energy towards this because there's a lot of people out there right now that are wanting to find the quickest way, just like these billionaires. To get rich quick, whether it's through crypto, which I'm not trying to nail crypto, but people that are just trying to figure out in a day. I have a family member of mine, like, man, like this is solid in a good way. He's put in three years of dedicated, uninterrupted time in understanding crypto. And when I still talk to him, he's like, man, there's like so much to figure out. Like it's even tough for someone like that to explain it to someone that doesn't know it. But whatever it is that you're trying to get into and that you believe you can make a lot of money off of, don't expect to have it happen in a month, right? These Amazon dropshipping, Shopify clothing brand. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to go work for this successful realtor. He told me he's going to make me partner in like a couple days. Yeah, no. Go, go put in work. 
and then then talk to me because I feel like right now it's cool to see the generation that's you know behind us. There's a lot of them that have so much drive. A lot of you want so much of the world. It reminds me so much of like me to this day, and even when I was younger. But if you're doing that without really a direction of where you want to take it all and having patience and being able to like notice that you have to put the work in, you're never going to get anywhere. And then it's just plain simple. It's laziness. And you have to, you have to really like look in the mirror. You have to figure out, okay, first of all, am I being lazy and impatient and why? And now, okay, if you can't do 40, do 10, get a part-time job first. But man, I actually have people that like I'll consult with and I'll sit down And I'll have to tell them these things. And they'll tell me that, no, they'll say this. I don't want to work for the system. You know, on the flip side of that, um, and this might be a detour, but I completely, I agree with what you're saying. I think the get rich quick schemes and all of that, even when we were younger, we were curious on how can you make that million ASAP. And I think, especially now moving forward, it's more, uh, more crucial than ever to be highly skilled at something because as we move forward, I actually sent Sean a message the other day saying, bro, now how I create content is how can I create something that AI can never replace me? Cause at the rate that AI is moving and how things are moving forward, things are going to be like, we don't even understand how far it's going to take this. It's, it's going to be like billions of times faster. So if all these 40 hour work weeks are going towards something that anybody else can do, then you're going to be fizzled out within, within a few years. I think we're at a time where being able to be highly skilled at something is obviously very important. And what we're doing, like even sharing our personalities, mix in with our experiences, this is something different. Not everybody's always doing it. And, there's different wisdom that you bring that you bring and hopefully that I bring as well. But I think if you're putting in the 40 hour work week, understand that, ask yourself, is this replaceable also in the next few years? Because at the rate at how everything's moving, I was watching, I was listening to this podcast, I think just yesterday and they were talking about how imagine AI, like how chat GPT is right. Talking to one another. And learning from each other, not even us. The the rate uh, Chat GPT has almost the same IQ level as Einstein, right? And Chat GPT four is even different. So all these things are so high compared to the average human being. We're here busy thinking about how can we invest in crypto without even knowing what it is and trying to make a million dollars or how to do things so fast that all of this is going to be taken out. I just I think I got sidetracked thinking about that. But, uh, no, I like that. You have to think about whether or not what you do is indispensable. I completely agree. But also, I think that you have to figure out, not just on the particular skill set, but if you're working for a company and you, again, you don't have to be an entrepreneur or business owner, but how do you become irreplaceable in that company? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? If you see a vision and a clarity in terms of, I want to work for this company long term, how do you become indispensable? How do you become that outlier in that company? You're the one taking on multiple hats and managing and operating and providing ideas and impacting the business on a day to day. The 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 board, the executive board is going to be like, damn, like I we we can't get we can't get rid of this guy. 
he's our he's our go-to and then from that point you know it's it's sky's limit right you you might not have a particular skill set necessarily but you've accumulated so much within that you've 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 ingrained your roots into that company so much that they have no choice but to you know, keep you, keep you around. You know, even on that same note, I got to give a huge shout out to Sean Canungo because his book, The Bold Ones, talks exactly about this. And even the people that I really admire to be like or enjoy being around are people who are multifaceted in many different things. And I think Sean's a guy who can speak many different languages. And by that, I mean, he could talk to you in his book. He's talking about crypto. He's talking about basketball. He's talking about business. And he's relating it all to similar things. But the way he's able to talk those different languages makes him irreplaceable because he's able to communicate with just one audience. Uh, sorry, more than just one audience. Whereas a lot of people I think might just be like, I'm this person. And because I'm this person, I'm going to talk to these people. Whereas I think even, even in our friendship, um, a lot of times over the years, since I met everybody, everybody's very unique and very different, but I was like, I want to be able to talk media in a way where Kenny has no idea what the hell's going on. KB has no idea what the hell's going on. Then at the same time, these guys are so into jujitsu and MMA. I was like, I want to be able to talk MMA, UFC with these guys. Like I actually know it fully. Um, and then same, I think just moving along those roads of being irreplaceable, it can be something as little as learning how to understand other people's language and then integrating your same skill set, but your own unique twist where everybody's even more engaged or, you're able to to just have different levels of growth just by having people engaged. Because I think we even did a podcast on how do you get somebody to care, right? And how do you get some how you get somebody to care is, in my perspective, being able to talk those multi or different languages to to be able to to relate with them. This is why I'm so glad you said all that because as you were talking about needing to be aware of what you should get into it reminded me of what everyone should invest in this you're actually going to be shook you won't even expect this answer before i even tell you what do you think it is that you think i'm going to say it's one word what should you invest in knowing that with where the future is headed sales no but not a bad answer my answer is you very close invest in your personality because that you can't replace because, I mean, yeah, absolutely true. I, but I think personality, everything in terms of growth. I know my guy Cash is over here is taking a trip for self, self-growth, self taking that risk. And um, I'm not going to say what it is, but... Are you going on a one-week spiritual journey? No, I'm just going to, I'm going to a conference. I'm going to Patrick Bedavis conference. Let's go. You yeah, pulled sir. the trigger, hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah, yeah, sir. That's good, man. Yeah, but I mean, that's that's one out of you know many different things in terms of investing in yourself yeah. the idea of surrounding yourself with people that are making 500 250k million dollars a month these are people that walk different talk different mm-hmm. are in different circles and and again not, not it's not not everybody has to have that you have to understand what your vision is what you want cuz i want certain things and i want certain financial success so I got to surround myself or at least understand how these people move, get in those circles, understand business strategies, et cetera. Not everyone needs to do that. Um, but when we're talking about financial literacy, it's in, imperative to understand 
not not just your expenses, but understand how economics works at a, at the most basic fundamental level, so that if things if if shit hits the fan, that you understand how to navigate and 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 be able to pivot. If you don't understand the terms of your furniture financing, right, and it's right there. It's like it's in it's in the agreement, and you don't understand that because it's twenty pages, and you decide to skip it over. You're screwing yourself. You don't understand the terms of your financing for your car payment or your or your mortgage, and you don't understand these these sort of basic terms. And nobody teaches you this, right? Nobody's nobody's gonna sit there and say, Kenny, Karam, okay, here, this is what this means, this is what that means, right? They wanna they wanna throw it into the into the agreement and hope that you don't look at it. Same thing with credit cards, man. Right? They have they send you this agreement and it's like all these different rules and regulations for your credit card, but you're like, screw it, just give me the card. I need to go buy something. Right? If you take the time to understand how your taxes work, how your uh, how a basic economics work, how the things that you're purchasing, you'll be in a better position. You don't you don't have to try to get a million dollars a month if that's not your goal, but just focus on basic financial literacy at the at the most fundamental level. And I promise you, you'll be in a better place than more like half the people.